think we're going to do it. Yeah, 4G? 4G recording. 4G recording. I hope it all goes Broadband. You can tell like it's been it's been busy times because we're like we're all kind of running behind getting getting to this show. I haven't cut my hair in like two weeks. Like everything's just all yeah. Lots of stuff has been happening. Life. Yeah, yeah. Is skate talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we live? Who's doing the intro? I I think we're live. John. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) <laughs> talking about not having our shit together i uh i got it open if you want me to do it <laughs> oh sure yeah yeah go All for right. it we love skateboarding we love life we thought we would talk about it and share what we have to say with the world life is skate talk no pros no sponsors just three aging skaters desperately clinging to their youth clinging <laughs> and talking about something we have no expertise in yeah well i guess just personal life experience but <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But count, it counts for something we got seniority mean, like in general or like the topic, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like in general, we have some sort of cred in, you know, like <laughs> topic wise, but uh, I mean like overall subject matter wise, but topic wise, this is skate parks and etiquette and everything having to do with skating at a skate park, which I mean, let's be honest. I don't view myself as a park skater. Never have never really will. Yeah. So maybe yeah not not the not the skate park expertise but it's almost unavoidable i guess because yeah. parks everywhere right but we'll get it's into good. all that our topic not, of the not, day uh, yeah <laughs> we're not tainted by the skate park culture right we're outside yeah. observers we can yeah yeah who who infrequently <laughs> happen to spend some time at skate parks for yeah for uh for skateboarding <laughs> our intros real quick oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't have anything really like i was trying to i i made the comment literally the last episode that i was going to make it a, a thing to do a, a little um you know what was happening when i started skating kind of thing and this oh, and you, literally you know the first like, week afterwards i don't have anything <laughs> i kind of have okay so I, I can fill in for you this week john but yeah it's yeah. just because i was it just so happened that this video was recommended for me on youtube okay that wasn't revive or johnny geiger at <laughs> four thousand pieces of grip tape doing rodney mullen tricks why okay. don't i just start so yeah yeah hello everyone skaters and haters i am sawyer attorney lawyer skateboard guy and when we started skating snoop dogg and dre were still friends is that a thing <laughs> I think I think so. Right? I don't I don't have the exact years. The YouTube thing that popped up for me was still Dre. And then it recommended like California Love and you know all, all the the next episode or whatever. But there was another video that was underneath that that said why Snoop Dogg hates Eminem. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. They kind of they're on the same team, but there's something recently that I think he said on some radio show that he was taking jabs at Eminem and then Eminem had this diss track and stuff. But if you think back, I was like, well, there was a time 
I think when we started skating and probably, you know, 96 ish yeah. when yeah. Snoop and Dre were friends. And then that whole, you know, Tupac's still around all that stuff. And then, yeah, a lot of stuff happened and death row records kind of fizzled. And then all this stuff about how Dre was, he started his aftermath records. Right. And then Eminem, came on and I think he signed 50 cent as well. And then Snoop kind of was just still doing his thing on the West coast. So yeah. And now I don't know, maybe they're frenemies. I'm not, I don't, I don't keep track of, I don't of know. you know, rap star feuds, but anyways, there you have it. Yeah, I'm John um, skater teacher. I've been skating since 1996, um, which is interesting to me because the youngest people that I teach are generally about 14 the oldest are about 18 um, with a few exceptions here and there. So everyone I teach uh, is, uh, you know, was born after I started skating. Yeah. I'm Jin working in the software industry, also skating for 20 plus years. Don't really have any additional comments beyond that. But <laughs> I think one thing that you just reminded me of is in Europe, when I would go to the skate park, oftenly, I would probably be the oldest one and also as you mentioned like be skating with kids who i've been basically skating longer than they've been alive for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, which makes it hurt even more when they beat you out of game of skate right yeah yeah but when you pull out like fakey heels and stuff like that you know that's that's a good trick to block room so oh, right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit <laughs> So I, I hope we didn't talk about something like this before, but would you rather land one sick trick once or no more trick over and over? So like uh, anger versus consistency. Right. So wait, this is, so this, we were talking one trick, like only once that's it or just once like in a blue moon. Just once, but it's like, the sickest trick yeah right? <laughs> let's <laughs> let's say let's say maybe you, you can only do it once every five years or something <laughs> okay <laughs> it's not something That's you just can my do reality right? with normal tricks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah was that once every five years was that ever captured on film like can you at least brag <laughs> to say that you did it as a as an actual <laughs> trick or is it like oh i can do it or let's I've say it, let's but... say it's on film yeah okay. just to make it worthwhile <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna go with consistency are we talking like 540 kickflip or something like ridiculous? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't even know if I'd be proud landing that. Would maybe, I? I maybe know. let me just start with mine. So once in a while, I'll try like heel flip, uh, front side nose. Yeah. Front side nose. Okay. And then I landed in front crooks. So like Ooh. heel flip front crooks and I mm -hmm. actually grinded and I landed it. Nice. But that was complete cool. fluke. And <laughs> I've never been able to do it again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that trick's always in my mind, just thinking like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. But at the same time, I prefer my front nose grind 180 outs because I guess I have high consistency with that. So I lean on more of like being able to do tricks more consistently. Although, uh... although, although I have that trick in my mind the whole time. And I, it's, I'm listening to this audiobook right now, The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt, I think is how you say his name. Haidt? I don't know. But uh, 
in this section of the book I'm on right now, it's just in the start, but he's talking about our split mind and how we have like our conscious mind and then our sort of automatic processes that we go through and everything. And he, he uses this metaphor of the, the rider and the elephant and how like our conscious mind is the rider trying to steer the elephant and the elephant mind is our unconscious processes. And, but anyway, it's, it's like that, right? You like, you do what you can to control things, but there's a lot that's beyond your control. And it's, it's funny how that can happen with tricks where you just kind of, if like when they're a fluke like that, you just kind of let your body take over. Right. And it works. But then when you become conscious of it and you try to do it again, it's impossible. I'm going to go uh, consistent as well, because like, I don't know, that's my dream is to be, <laughs> be able to do anything on a skateboard consistently. I don't know, maybe my, maybe my answer would have been different at a different point in my life. But as like a, a 38 year old who's, you know, hoping to stay on my board for as long as I can, I um hope for that kind of consistency to be able to go out and consistently, you know, do a few things and and have some fun at different types of spots and stuff like that, instead of hanging on for that one banger that, I don't know, what, like, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to have like a viral Instagram clip, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, for example, just my example, you'd be at the park, maybe trying to heel flip front crook the whole time, but never land a trick. Right. Yeah. 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 But at this, I don't know, but yeah, now that I'm thinking about it though, like that's, that's part of the, the horrible joy of skateboarding, right? Trying like pushing yourself and, and shooting for more and you get something out of working at it, even if you don't end up getting the trick. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah, the once, every, once every five years is, is, I don't know. That, that's, that's <laughs> that like, might be pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's I guess the, the goal is to make that span smaller and smaller, right? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like the constant pursuit of happiness or from a chemical aspect, like the release of dopamine, right? From your brain. So like when you do something consistently, it makes you consistently feel good and feel good more often. And then it gets you, it's like a positive feedback thing, right? Like, and then you want to do it more and you want to skate more. Um, yeah. But I hear what you're saying, like skate, yeah, tricks wise. Like if I just do kickflips all the time, like I could land them pretty consistently. I strive to do more than just kickflips. Um, but if I'm comparing the consistent, consistency of a kickflip versus trying something and landing it once every, again, I know five years is extreme, but like yeah. once every, you know, blue moon. Yeah, I would, I would go for the consistency of the kickflips because I, yeah, I can't live without it. Well, we should probably get into it, eh? Um, so as, as you already said, um, our topic for today is uh, skate parks and, and, and park etiquette. Um, so one of the things that I complain about, and I, it's a complaint I've heard as long as I've been skating, is that there are no spots to skate, right? Wherever you live, there are no good spots. The, you know, the town over or whatever is always the place that has the good spots, Everyone I've ever known has always complained about spots. Maybe that changed a little when we got to Toronto or when I got to Toronto and, and then, you know, you're in a city, but um, so, so with that in mind, with that kind of lack of, of spots in certain areas, like skate parks can definitely be a boon to communities where there really isn't much to skate. And it's a great place to meet up in the city. If you're, you've got a meetup spot where you can get together, warm up and then go out and hit the streets. 
but as skateboarding has risen in popularity, parks have really started popping up everywhere. And uh, you get a mixed bag. You get everything from shitty portable parks to these massive sort of concrete plazas. The parks are not universally good. And, and a lot of times they're not even really desirable, right? They're, they're worse than, than the nothing spots that you already have. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about what it's like to skate at parks about um, skate park etiquette and and how to how we sort of conduct ourselves and and what we expect from other skaters while we're there but we also wanted to talk a bit about the impact that skate parks have on skaters and skateboarding in general with kind of an eye on street skating in particular so what are some of the key aspects of skate park etiquette and why do they matter and are there any sort of unwritten rules that you'd like to call bullshit on the big S word, right? Snakes, <laughs> snaking. So many scooter kids, another S word. And rollerbladers that just, actually not so much rollerbladers anymore. BMXers, not even that, it's just scooter kids that just snake you consist or pretty consistently. And they don't give a crap about you know their surroundings. There was a park that was really close to our house before we moved. And it's a great park, spacious, nice obstacles, um, well-designed. And it's a skateboard park, first and foremost. But because of, you know, the crazy world we live in, scooters are unavoidable. So, but snaking is not, you know, just reserved for scooters. I mean, it's in, on the topic of etiquette, right? I think there's, for me anyways, the biggest unwritten rule is kind of like, the golden rule of when you were first starting kindergarten or just as a human being, right? Like respect others. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like take turns. Are you calling bullshit on that? <laughs> I think, I think when you have like-minded people in a space and maybe it's because we're more mellow now, but I don't see too many conflicts happen around who's going first or when you might get that one or two, you know, arrogant skaters who, you know, the, 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 I'm going to typecast here, but a group of, or, you know, certain skateboarders that think they can land the trick first try. And if they don't, they just automatically get so upset and throw their board and then complain that people snake them and get in the way when really in reality, they're no one's snaking them. It's just, they have a lack of skill and, uh, and a lack of respect for other people. So there's that. But um, the, the kind of snaking that I'm talking about more so is I think with a, a lot of little kids and again, most little kids are on scooters. So that's why I'm, you know, singling out scooters. There's just a little bit of unawareness, I guess. Is that a word? But it's nothing that, you know, a little education can fix everything, right? Or fix a lot of yeah, these yeah. things. So yeah, um, I think so, that again, for yeah. me, pretty big unwritten, unwritten rule there that the most part of people follow, uh, respect each other. Yeah. those are the two things really um be respectful so in terms of like snaking and so on and also i see this a lot but it would be polite of you not to one-up other people as well yeah yeah <laughs> and the other part of like be respectful is be aware and mm -hmm. i think it's hard for the kids and that's something that to build up experience but you got to be aware of your surroundings, right? You're not the only one skating there. So yeah, really yeah. be careful is, I guess, my biggest thing. I've seen like 
scooter kids bump into BMXers and stuff like that and or skateboarders and so on. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to be aware. Um, my unwritten rule, I'm not sure if it's an unwritten rule per se, but what I see sometimes is if they're a good skater or I don't know, talented in some way, if they're sponsored or whatever, whatnot, mm-hmm. it seems like the snaking or whatever other rules don't really apply to them. And they yeah. do whatever they want as if they own the park. Oh yeah. They're the top dog, right? Like alpha male type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they did build the park and everything and so on. But I think for me, that's one thing I'd like to call bullshit on. Um, It's, it's for everybody right in the end. So Mm -hmm. you fall into that category, uh, be respectful and be aware of the little kids. I mean, we we need to set a good example for them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That was honestly like, that was my thing too. Like, and, and that's something that I think as like, a kid who lacked confidence and, um, you know, was really sort of self-conscious at the skate park. That was one thing that really stuck out to me was, was like, you would hear these things about like snaking or whatever. And you'd, you'd like see like people kind of keeping each other in check or whatever. But, but like you said, it only seemed to apply to certain people. Right. And, and uh, to me, like, it's almost like the better you are, the less right to the park you have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you should be in the streets if you're that good, first <laughs> of all. And, and second of all, like, like you said, like, I think about this as, as like a, as a teacher too, like you're there, like you are the example, right. And if you are putting yourself above other people, or if you are expecting people to follow rules that you don't hold yourself accountable for, um, you know, like that's, it's not going to work. Right. It's not a, it's, yeah. it's not good for anybody. It's a classic um, double standard, right? Like the yeah. whole, Oh, everyone's created equal, but some people are created more equal than others. Like you're stuck in this right. animal farm, George Orwellian type of skate park <laughs> scenario where it's like, dude, get a grip. Um, yeah. You know, it's almost, I was going to suggest that maybe we come up with a rule. It says, you know, maybe 38 year old skate, like OGs go first, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're, we're like pretty soon. It's going to be like an accessibility thing, right? Like we, we're going to need early access to the park and stuff because we can't uh, your handicap sign on the, on the car, right? (laughs) We can, we can park closer. And (laughs) I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll be burning out in 10 minutes anyway. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let us have our fun. (laughs) I've seen, I was going to say, I've seen the opposite though, too, where, like older skateboarders or good skateboarders helping out kids and yeah, yeah. Um, you know Definitely. not the you know unsolicited type of hey kid like this is how you do a tray flip but more so like you know encouraging them and because there's nothing better yeah. at a skate park where you see no matter your skill level right it could be an old dude uh you know a young lady or whatever it doesn't matter but they're trying so hard to get a trick and then they land it right and yeah same it's the same thing where we get so hyped on you know each other seeing clips or or when we skate with each other so i mean that's sort of the bond that mm. sort of links everyone together and reminds you why you skate right it's so fun and there you might not know this person you might not have even seen this person ever in your life but yeah. for them to land that first kickflip and it could be the most rocket mob kickflip or whatever that you've yeah. ever seen but they're hyped on it and you're hyped on it so uh, you know, that, that's got to count for something too. I, I didn't go to a whole lot of parks when I was younger. Um, I spend more time at the park now because it's, it's really all I have around to skate. Um, but 
one of the few times that I was at the park, I remember just trying to ollie, um, just like a, like, it was like a front side ollie in a quarter pipe, not, not like a, you know, like a, a John Cardiel front side ollie. And it, it was like, uh, where you don't clear the coping. You're just like trying to, you know, you're trying to ollie and, and somehow right away. And, uh, I was struggling and, and just on the topic of like unsolicited feedback by an older skater, um, it was actually really sick because the guy like came over and, and he didn't like, he was good. He was an older skater. He was at the park. He was kind of ripping around and you know, like there was no attitude or anything like that. He just came over and he was like, he was like, just remember like everything in skateboarding is in the knees. Just make sure you bend your knees, like to, you know, take the landing in your knees and, and just like that little bit of feedback. And, um, and that like was really appreciated, you know? And I actually, I, I ended up landing a really bad frontside ollie on the quarter pipe because, because of that feedback. Right. So um, I, I think, like you said, there are definitely people like that who kind of understand their, their position in like the skate hierarchy or, or however you want to phrase it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and they, they use it appropriately, but I, I think a lot more often I see kind of what you were talking about where it's like, it's the the guy who's kind of good, who feels like he's got to prove something to everybody else at the park. And, and, um, well, that's just, the, you yeah. That, you know, on that whole competition thing, it's like, well, my badinga dong is bigger than your badinga dong. It's like, what turns into this big pissing contest, right? Egos, attitudes, competition. And we've touched on this quite a bit. Like those very things that we said are not actually what we consider core aspects of skateboarding. Now yeah. I'll come, I'll come through in this, skate park where you're supposed to be in a safe place having fun i guess this is might be going on to the the next question or whatever but it just highlights the formulaic prescriptive cookie cutter type of you know feeling that i get at a park now okay so you it could be a hotbed for creativity right you could have people trying all sorts of new tricks and landing them and having a safe place to do it so a sanctuary of sorts. So you can say to yourself, oh, it's not all that bad, right? You don't have to make it about competition. It could be just a place for homies you know, to hang out or whatever, every person doing their own thing. And even I've been at the park where, again, I don't know a, a lot of the people that uh, go to that, it was a, that new park, right? And there's this guy who I've seen skate there, but I was like, hey man, can you, I don't mean to bug you, but if you wouldn't like, can you just help me film this one thing? He's like, oh yeah, no problem, man. It took me a few tries and God, but there's like the willingness to help. Yeah. Uh, so that gives me, uh, you know, hope or at least make, again, makes me feel like, oh, this is not, not that bad. And then same session, right? A few moments later, some kid comes up to you, challenges you to skate. This is the same kid that sized you up for a good 10 minutes sniffing out what your weaknesses are right and then like and you can hear all you know his friends or whatever snickering in the background and then you're like oh shit now i remember why i avoid skate parks altogether so it's kind of a struggle for me to to but that whole again well my badinka donk is way bigger than your badinka donk and like kind of showing off like dude i'm not here for you to take off your pants just to i, I don't care about the size of your like who dude that's not what it's about right like what are you trying to prove yeah before we move on, I just want to cover, like, I think we talked about maybe a few of the negative aspects and talk, touched upon a few positive, but also just want to, I guess, talk more about the positive because True. there's definitely been a lot of 
like humbling moments where I've seen really good skaters be really respectful. They come in, they actually clean up the park yeah. beforehand. And I, they help like set up the ledges and everything, ensure that the ledges are all like clean, not crusty or waxed up, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they, they also like take care of the park itself. So there, there's a lot of positive in it too. And even with the kids or like people who just started skateboarding, for example, they're pretty, I guess, supportive too. So I yeah. see that as well. Yeah. I think it's just sometimes you have those negative aspects, which might shine more brighter than the positive ones. Uh, right. Just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Like one of the cool things about skateboarding and I know like I've kind of shit talked this before and, and I am critical of it in general, but um, there is a communal aspect to skateboarding, right? And uh, one of the neat things that, that I've experienced is, is um, you know, I, I go to a park with, you know, one or two skaters that I know. And then there are other people there that maybe they know those skaters. I don't know them, but they know the skaters I'm with. And it's like your session just grows. Right. And um, kind of like what you were talking about, like that supportive vibe, like where, you know, you're trying something and all of a sudden there are like 10 other skaters there who are, who are pulling for you. Um, Which is, you know, it's, it's, it's cool how that, how that kind of thing can happen. And, you know, the, the skate park as like a, a place that we can all go, it, it, it can facilitate some of those sort of more, more positive interactions too. So, so yeah, it, it is important to be fair. Um, yeah. Sorry. Just rambling on on my end, just thinking of all these stories actually from past skate park experiences. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, the skate buddy that I talk about sometimes. Um, yeah. I met him at a skate park and basically he didn't snake, but he did the trick that I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> so he he manual this really long manual pad area and I, I just couldn't do it and he just did it i think first or second try and i was like yo man what are you doing <laughs> and he's like oh sorry i just wanted to do it too and then like i don't know that built up a friendship and some like kind of friendly competition where yeah. you basically fed off of each other's skateboarding so yeah i mean it's a place where as you've mentioned like definitely meet up and i guess potentially make new friends and so on yeah and also yeah. about skate park kids asking for game of skates i always say yes i As always should i always accept their <laughs> challenge <laughs> i find i find that they get surprised um but yeah i mean i actually enjoy it a lot because i mean they probably had some kind of courage to muster up to actually ask that right um yeah right yeah, yeah yeah there's so, there's and, i mean you're not here to play skate with me jen so you know <laughs> and i'm well, not overseas either so gotta gotta you know it, like, i was gonna say like when we were all living in toronto and skating a lot together and stuff like we played skate all the time and oh uh, totally i loved you know, yeah that was that was like it, you know it, yeah and i like it was I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Cause it, it obviously like it was competitive in the moment, right? Like you're trying to, to get your trick and, and whatever, but it never felt like yeah competitive, you know, it, it was just fun. And um, when it's coming from that place, too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. 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 And I mean, like you guys, you guys had 
so many tricks <laughs> that, that I don't have. And so it was kind of fun. Like, it, I don't know, it pushed me to come up with like these dork tricks that I could try and like pull out, yeah. you know, while well, you guys are learning real tricks, I've got something goofy <laughs> that on. I can pull out <laughs> to kind of th- throw in the, in the works. So it's so yeah, like, I don't know when it, when it comes from that place though, where it's just like, it's fun, right. It's yeah. fun to, to try things and to, to goof around together. And uh, I think it can be, it can be really good then. And that's when it turns into a session almost. If you yeah. also include ledges for, you know, skate mm-hmm. tricks, then you're like, Oh, how about we try this and try that? What do you think about this trick? You think you can do it? Yeah. I'll give it. Yeah. A yeah. Go back yeah. and forth. Right. It's, it's kind of cool though, because it's, it's not even always the same trick when you get down to the session part of it. Right. Like I I've had so many sessions with you guys and, and with other skate friends where they're working on one trick and I'm working on one trick and it's like, it's the obstacle more, you know what I mean? So it's like, Hey, come like skate this ledge with me. Like I want, I want to get like a, a yeah. back tail or whatever. And, and the other yeah. person's like, yeah, like I, I want to get a front nose and like, you just kind of go at it and, and it just gives you that, like, I don't know, it pumps you up a little bit. And it definitely inspires you to do new tricks too. Right. Looking at yeah. the other person's skate, you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe I can do this one then maybe I'll try something else rather than yeah. just, you know, focusing on your own single training session trick right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's always a lot of fun for me um yeah learning learning new tricks pushing yeah. what you know your comfort level or what your comfort zone is or get, getting outside of that so yeah we used to play i don't know if you guys remember we used to play skate like we used to play and then after the first game the second game you wouldn't be able to repeat the tricks that you did on the, yeah, yeah. On the, on the oh, first yeah. game oh, we yeah. played like for like three four games of, and by the fourth game it's like okay this is you know <laughs> trying, to, trying to do like the craziest tricks but um i remember with gary as well like we would just <laughs> it was uh it was a lot of fun but um yeah. oh. i just remembered actually another can i share like a skate yeah, yeah. you guys i don't think i've yeah, yeah. heard this okay. story it's a game of skate story which is a bit more on the negative side of, of things so this is probably in the mid 2000s maybe mid to late 2000s so we had already i think we weren't all living in the same city i was still in toronto and uh i was teaching skateboarding at this for this uh, summer camp for for city of toronto and we were at um it was like pretty much dumbat but wasn't dumbat it was up at bloor so it was like christy pitts and my girlfriend now wife at the time came after work to so we were going to go eat dinner and stuff and i was there with the camp kids and one of my friends who also taught skateboarding with me so we're just skating it was after camp it was at the park and i was just messing around right uh just skating and having fun and all of so my again girlfriend friend whatever they were sitting uh towards one end of the park and there was a mini ramp that was kind of on the other side of the fence close to them. And there were two kids there, uh, you know, teenagers or whatever. And they kept basically shit talking me. I, I couldn't hear. I was just, you know, doing my thing, just skating uh, with, the, with the kids. And then they started using all these racial slurs, like legit yeah. racist shit. And they were going off and going off. And then that one kid comes over to me. So I don't hear any of this. Right. And he challenges me to the game of skate. Like, I think he said it to his friend before, like, Hey, I'm going to challenge this, you know, insert racial slur here. This to a game of skate. He's probably going to, he fucking sucks or whatever. So, and then, so I was just, I wasn't trying at all. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll play skate with you. You know, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't hear what he was saying before. And I think it got down to three. I think we were tied at SKA, SKA or something. And then my girlfriend was like, 
dude, you have to show this guy, like you have to beat him or whatever. So then <laughs> at the end, I, I beat him, right? So I was, you know, whatever. And then he kind of mumbled something. And then my girlfriend was like, yo, you know, he was saying all this other stuff. Like, it's, it's not cool. Like, you know, this, you shouldn't be, this is there are other kids around all that stuff. And I was like, so I called him out on it. I was like, yo, were you saying something before? Like when you were over there, he's like, yeah, so what? And then he like basically repeated all the stuff they said to me, dude, I went off on him. Like I just pretty much like ripped him a new one there in front of like everyone, all the kids, but I did it in a very firm and sort of, you know, I mean, I, I was visibly angry. I wasn't going to, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to beat up the kid. I wasn't going to assault him or anything like that, but I basically sent him straight. Like I was, I went even, I went on about how, you know, Canada is, is a place of diversity and you, who do you think you are coming you know, from where you, and he was just kind of like, face turned white him and his other friend kind of i was like yeah just you know you don't even belong you, you shouldn't you don't deserve to be here kind of like get the get the f out that type of thing and then yeah and he he left and then the kids were like yo we didn't we didn't we've never seen you that mad before or that angry before but you said things so eloquently and like so, so that was yeah it was like it was a crazy um story thinking back yeah. and yeah i don't think i've ever shared it with you guys but no just just a, you know, again, the kind of the most ugly and stuff that you'd never want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the skateboard community where, again, racism doesn't belong anywhere, mm. but I would have never even expected it right. in, you know, like what does, what does race have to do with anything really, but like skate skateboarding, like really, like yeah. what did you have to, I don't even know what, again, who, who knows, maybe, you know, the, uh, you know, ignorance and, and perhaps, you know, I don't know, poor upbringing, who, who knows what factors led to that day and that confrontation. But so whoever it is, if you're listening, I hope you're no longer racist and, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're a good human being now, but it's one of the things that I'll never forget. And I think it was good also, I mean, not losing my temper in front of the kids. I don't, it wasn't scary or anything, but I think it meant a lot in the sense that you have to really stick up for, you know, um, well, the right, right things, doing the right thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And for the right principles. So, you know, I wasn't, as soon as I found out, I was like, man, I wish I, if I had known before starting the game of skate, maybe I would have tried harder to beat him, like, <laughs> or whatever, but. Straight letters. Just... Yeah, yeah. But I know it was just, it was uncalled for. And yeah. uh, I was, you know, super animated and, and super amped up. Um, you know, for all the right reasons with you know, yeah, justice yeah. on my side, I think, you know, in, in doing the, well, it, it goes back to what, what we were talking about before, right. About like when you're, when you're there, when you're kind of the, either like the, the better person or the older person or the person who's got some position of authority or whatever, yeah, like you're the model. Right. And, yeah. and that's, I, I mean, that's like, to me, like that's a good model, right. Yeah. Of, of standing up when it's time to stand up and yeah. It's kind of dope that you got to beat him twice, right? <laughs> you got to take him out and skate and then just rip him apart as a person. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh it's funny. That that hasn't come up recently, but I'll I'll tell my wife uh, all about it and she it's it's again with uh the kids that were around and my friend and my wife, like it was such a I can still yeah, think back to very vivid memories of of that day. Again, for better yeah. or for worse. Hopefully for yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> It's always interesting to me too. Like it just, what, what you said reminded me like um, when you hear sort of 
like the origin stories from from so many of the black skaters who were popular in our sort of heyday um there's this common refrain of like them starting skating and the people in their community saying like what are you like what are you doing in skating like that's a white kid sport and like all like that kind of stuff right and it's it's always interesting to me because I don't know if it was just like the time that I got into it or the, the pros that were popular in my circle of friends or whatever, but like um, there were so many non-white skaters that like we looked up to as mm-hmm. kids. And and so the, the first few times that I heard that it, it was kind of shocking to me. Cause like, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I just, uh, you know, maybe it's youthful ignorance or, or whatever, but I never associated it as like a, a white thing and like looking back now like you can see the californian suburban um you know 80s skateboarding and stuff like that and and like i i can see now like where that yeah perception would come from but it it just seems so shocking to me when when i started hearing those things for the first time like we said before the world is fucked up and skateboarding is a little cross-section of the fucked up world i mean apart from that racist incident i don't think i've experienced you know, racism on that, on that same level. I mean, everyone just thinking from skating with you guys to downtown, you know, crew to, you know, uptown, uh, you know, the friends I grew up skateboarding, like you were a skateboarder. We loved that, you know, anyone else was, it didn't matter what you look like or didn't matter what school you went to. It didn't matter, you know, if you were rich or poor or whatever, it was a, you were a skateboarder first and always. And maybe again, maybe it's a, is it a Canada thing? Maybe it's it's maybe it's worse in other, other places <laughs> of the world where we don't have that much uh, experience. But yeah, could be. I, I always think of the U.S. when about racism and stuff like that. But of course, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. yeah. as you can see in Europe right now too. Speaking as a teacher who's like taught a little history in Canada, Canada has has very much, I think in the past had kind of a racism is American kind of approach to, to teaching kids about racism, you know, when, yeah. when we have like a fairly horrible racist past as well. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, that's definitely shifting. There are lots of changes in education that I'm happy to see with regards mm-hmm. to, you know, being more critical of our own yeah. heritage and things like that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I think for a long time, that's been, that's been the approach, right. Uh, it's just racism is an american problem we're yeah, it's a, it's all, we're a very willfully here. sort of blind attitude <laughs> that you take right like you kind of distance yourself from oh well that it happens not in our on, in our backyard and so it's a yeah, way yeah. but yeah. um look at how we're handling the pandemic too oh canada we're doing such a good it's like dude what do you mean we're doing a good job <laughs> what good job are you? it's like you want to you want to compare yourself to to you know your neighbors down okay look at but you know anyways there's there's that <laughs> there's that almost yeah putting yourself on a pedestal and, and yeah yeah you're willfully blind really to yeah all the negative uh, that's within you know your own borders so get a grip and on that happy note it's time <laughs> it's time for question number two nice um, nice yeah. we're on fire tonight So the, the other part of this that we did want to talk about is the spread of skate parks. And, um, you know, skate parks have popped up everywhere from small towns to major urban centers. Some of them are terrible. Um, some of them are amazing. And on one hand, it's, it's nice to think that everyone everywhere is getting a spot to skate. But 
the mass sort of proliferation of, of skate parks um, has other consequences as well. So uh, what do you, what do you guys think are the, the wider implications of so many skate parks popping up everywhere? And how do you think that affects skaters and skateboarding itself? Especially in the case of Japan and coming back here. And also recently I read an article about the damages of street skating in Osaka and how the wax and so on, it makes the ledges look ugly and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, why are these skaters doing this? They skate late at night when no one's around and it's really loud. And they do this thing called waxing and you know they damage everything. <laughs> And they interview the skateboarder and the skateboarder says, well, there's nowhere else to do it. So these are the places. And the city's point of view is, oh, they need a skate park. Oh, we don't have a skate park in the city, you know? So I think just, but at the same time, that train of thought totally screws up my mind because I'm thinking, no, no, I don't want a cage for us to all go to and say, this is where we're allowed to skate, you know? And other places you're not allowed to because I understand like public, damage and so on but so that's always an internal conflict for me but at the same time I feel like it's a more of a free-flowing thing so I think it's positive but dangerous at the same time to just have all these skate parks because then it gives I don't know whatever authority the excuse to say hey you belong there you know you don't belong out here this is the only place you're allowed to skate and then what does that do I I wouldn't really be into skateboarding anymore i think if it was just one place you know or yeah you can go to different parks and everything so maybe those will be the new spots but yeah it i don't it takes away a lot of the enjoyment that i had from skateboarding in my earlier years when i was able to hit up the streets more <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel the same i don't know there there are a few things that really bother me about it actually and, and I, I i don't want to seem like unappreciative, I guess, um, you know, like skate parks are fun and it's, you know, it's nice to be able to go there without worry or bother and, and whatever, um, you know, there are advantages to being able to head over to the park. Yeah. But sorry, I got, a, I got a lot of really mixed up thoughts about this. So I'm just going to sort of start talking and you guys can cut me off and jump in wherever you see fit. But, uh, the property thing is kind of an issue for me. Like I, I, I mean, especially if it's like a public space, if, it, if I'm skating on private property and I get kicked out, I usually don't really make a big fuss about it. Cause yeah. I know that I'm not allowed to be there and uh, doing what I'm doing. And um, I might not necessarily agree. Uh, like, I, I don't think, you know, that because some company has paid to, to take up space in a, in a certain city, they deserve my, uh, obedience or, or whatever however you want to kind of look at it like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with me um, taking advantage of, of the space that they've created in in our sort of public environment but at the same time that's nothing that I'm willing to really maybe this is part of being like a father and a an old person but like I, I don't want the fine <laughs> more or less right like I'll yeah. you know like I'll I'll go I don't I you know I'll come back later and try again I don't I don't need to prove a point in that situation when it's a public park i feel like i have as much right to use it in whatever way i see fit as anybody else right so if you're gonna 
if I'm skating in a public park and you're going to kick me out, then you better kick out the guy who's jogging down the path and you better kick out the family that's having a picnic. And you know what I mean? Like that's my space as much mm-hmm. as it is theirs. So in those cases, that that's where like it really upsets me. And with the damage and everything, like, yeah, like, like what we, what we do um, when we're talking about grinding ledges and stuff like that, definitely damages the space. I, I don't see that as any different than the, grass or the turf in a in a park getting like dug up when kids are out there playing soccer in their cleats or we pay taxes to maintain these things and if if some of that money gets directed to giving people a, you know the the freedom or the access to skate those spaces then I'm I'm all for that and and then there's just the whole thing of street skateboarding like I know we've talked about it a little bit before but but to me like that's like one of the important parts of skateboarding is that it it repositions you in your environment right Mm -hmm. and you you get to react to and and interact with your environment in a totally different way than you normally would and and like at the skate park when you're in a space that's been specifically designed for that action you don't have that same sort of creative or critical interaction with your environment right Mm -hmm. so i I think i think you lose kind of the to me, like the, the, the most important part of the act of skateboarding. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement here. Um, <laughs> not that we disagree, <laughs> but if there's anything that we agree on, you know, it's that, and I, I think we should say this first, so I'm, I'm going to say this at the outset, skate parks and their worth and everything that we've been talking about the, you know, a safe place to do it. That's fine. That's all great. But now when you're positioning skate parks versus street skating, like no way, non-starter. It's not even, it's a street skating for sure. Like hands down, there's, there's no, there's, there's nothing better from the memories, from the creativity, from the freedom, from the fun, you know, and from a more urban planning use of city space, you know, standpoint, it's art, it's culture, it's punk rock. If you want to put it that way, Um, the difficulty that Jin and I guess you bring up as well, John is like how to be respectful. So as adults now, right. Like, do I ever want to give it up? Hell no. Do I want to keep skating forever? And, and I guess, you know, ruining in, in some people's words, uh, ledges. Um, I, I prefer to skate those ledges. And if someone yells at me, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, fight security guards, you know, do the whole Mike V thing that, that, um, and I don't want to find for sure. So, so definitely John, we're you know, aligned there. I think it, it gets really tricky though, where it's private property. So I think that distinction needs to be made as well, right? So when you're trying to respect others and what they own, sure, that private property is situated in a city, but it's still private property. It's not public. I I just don't see a winning argument. At least it's very hard to justify you ruining someone else's, you know, so that's why I think being respectful, it's, it's it's the biggest sort of, walking contradiction oxymoron however you, yeah. to, you know so so I, I did try to you know so when i in my mind i'm like okay so it's private property sure but is it any different than what that corporation for example is doing when they are not being held accountable like when they pollute when they yeah, don't. yeah. So, so there's <laughs> no, that I, aspect i think where it's where i'm trying to rationalize and be like i think that's a more suitable argument but again it's very tough for us to you know do one yeah. thing and then say another i i don't really think that's rationalizing though like you've got um you know i i think there is a distinction between like 
I don't know how you want to say it, maybe like corporate property and private property, you know, like I, I'm not going to go skate like my neighbor's steps in front of their house or whatever, you know, like, like that's like an individual sure. who, who owns property and is on the hook if it's damaged or whatever. Right. Like okay. if, if, a, but like you said, like if, if we've got, and again, I, I, there are a lot of sort of layers and gradations, I guess, but if you've, if you've got like a, you know, the corporate office of a, of a company who is whatever, whatever sort of social ill you want to pick, right? Like if they're responsible for pollution, sure. if they're, you know, if they're like undercutting small businesses and running people out, like, yeah. like, you know, if they're buying up property in, in sort of cheap areas where it could be used for other sort of more socially driven aims and things, you know, like, like there are so many things, like if you're going to, you know, if you're not going to hold yourself accountable to these sort of ethical sort of social standards, then why do you give a shit if I'm grinding your ledge? For, for, you know? for sure. For sure. But... So I'm going to, I'm going to play Mr. Contrarian here. Right. So the, the person next door could be a corporation. I get, we're getting into sort of semantics here of what, what can own what, but a corporation is, I guess, legally speaking, a, and viewed as an individual, right? They have rights yeah, yeah. And, and, and so on. Yeah. But let's take it a step further. Let's, let's use that, um, you know, big, you know, quote unquote corporation, right? Where they own a big glass, you know, or, or a t tower, right? Downtown have a nice granite ledge and rails and stairs. But that corporation could be very um, aware and responsible and so the amount of money that they have to now spend to fix up a right. ledge that's ruined could have been spent in helping starving kids in Africa. So now we're taking away from that fund. I'm again, I'm just trying to try yeah, to yeah, position no, it. Like, so it's, it's really yeah. difficult to, mm -hmm. that's the biggest, yeah, sort of challenge that, that I have with, I mean, again, as a grown up now, I completely get it. Do I want to keep holding on to this? you know, skateboard forever. And again, I'm set straight up. Like, <laughs> I think we all love street skating and I don't want that ever to be taken away. I, I would want future generations of skateboarders to have that opportunity to experience the same level of fun and creativity. And, you know, but it's a little bit tough for us to, you know, on the other side to sort of justify, okay, well, how do we say that destroying private property is ever a good thing? Yeah. We kind of, it's willful blindness now on our part. It's fun. This is going to be a really immature comment, but who else and what else is that ledge going to be used for? Yeah. It's just going to be there yeah. to what? Well, some architect is on uh, our side, right? So they, they yeah. definitely designed it so that they want to see a kickback tail. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you, don't, if you don't want us breaking your ledge, build a better ledge. You know? <laughs> Make it stronger, make it last longer, make it grind better. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. Just like <laughs> that's 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 one thing that goes through my mind sometimes, you know, like, yeah, you're not allowed to be here. Everybody go away. So what is this space for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody I, I think that's a legitimate question. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like and and I I do get what you're saying. Like there's there's money that gets spent on repair and whatever, and which could potentially be used in a better way. I, I don't believe like in the vast majority of cases it would be used in a better way, but I, but um, it could be right. Sure. And yeah, like, it's not like we're, you know, 
breaking in and, and like skating the lobby and like damaging their equipment that they use to do their job. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, Jen, it's like, it is a public space in that it is out in the open and accessible to anyone. And they're selective about who they choose to remove from that space. Right. That's, that's a fair point. Those ledges, um, you know, sometimes they're benches or whatever, but like the vast majority of the time, they're just there and no one's on them. And, um, you know, the people who are on them don't really, I don't think it makes a big difference to their life if we skate them when they're not on them, you know. Um, but where do you draw the line though, right? Like, is it, is you it don't, indoors? You just skate outdoors, everything. Right? <laughs> you just, <yeah. laughs> skate but everything, skate every I, damn day. You know, if it's not, if it's not locked up, then fuck it. Like, you know, it's, if, if you're not that worried about it, like you're not keeping people out of that space, um, then, then don't be such an asshole about what we do in that space. I think like, that's how I see it. Like, uh, like I said before, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna risk arrest or like a, yeah. you know, a, a steep fine or whatever, when I've yeah. got to buy groceries for my kids. But, but just conceptually speaking, like, if you're going to build a, a public space that's open to people, you know, whether, whether it's, it's officially public or not, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking of places like commerce court, right. Where it's like, it's there and it's accessible and there's no gate holding people out or whatever. Um, so so you can know, we, like, can we distinguish between, so commerce court uh, is, is privately owned, right? That's CIBC versus CBC. So the CBC ledges that's public publicly um and the pond public right so i think we have a more legitimate right to use the pond and cbc i guess from from our you know reasoning and and even i guess from a use of public space standpoint but a more a more subversive and political reason for skating (laughs) commerce court it's just (laughs) listen i think at the end of the day it's easy to paint you know these corporations all as blood-sucking corporations so it just i think it's good good dialogue that we're having right now just to it is it i mean it is something that it's tough to to justify or you know on the one hand you talk about you know we talk about respecting others and then we're you know doing back tails on right a ledge on private properties but that's exactly it for spots you got to be respectful as you mentioned if somebody comes by and says guys can you please not skate here right now mm-hmm. then you leave yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no and and i think that's like sorry and keep sorry it, I and keep it clean ahead. and keep it clean respectful and everything and then you know maybe they'll be more positive about you skateboarding there they'll think mm-hmm. like you bring life you know you yeah you it looks like you guys are having a good time and you know yeah. I, so you bring a positive atmosphere i don't know just thinking be respectful there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think for me, like that's kind of the distinction is, is um, you know, I do feel an obligation to be respectful to people. I, I don't necessarily feel an obligation to be respectful to spaces or, or, or property. So uh, like I was saying, like if I'm skating a privately owned spot and someone asks me to leave, then I'm going to leave. Right. Um, but I'm also not gonna not come back <laughs> because I don't, I don't really like, I don't, I don't care about the spot. You know what I mean? Like the people, I'm not there to make that security guards day hard or, exactly. you, yeah. you know, like I'm, I, I'm trying to have fun. I don't, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone else, but um, 
you know, it's not like a, a sacred space or anything like that. It's just, it's alleged that some, some rich person has paid to build and, you know, not, not even rich person, some rich company has paid to build. <laughs> but, yeah. That's also a hard thing, right? I think you brought up and it crosses my mind a few times, like religious or sacred spaces, um, historical monuments. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that stuff yeah. is off limits to me. Like you guys know from our, from our sort of private conversations, like I'm an atheist and I'm highly critical of, you know, our national heritage and, and the things that we hold sacred as a culture and things like that. And, but I, I also can appreciate how important those things are to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a bit of a, a deal breaker for me. Like I, I don't have any interest in like disrespecting someone's beliefs or something that someone holds to be, um, you know, important or, or whatever. Unless they're a blood sucking corporation. Because you're yeah, cool then, with... then fuck them. Then... <laughs> uh, it's but just, then, yeah, it's but what so do they hold to... as sacred then, right? Like they hold money as sacred. Like I live in a capitalist world. I participate in capitalism. I, you know, I appreciate nice things and, and whatever. Like I'm not um, necessarily anti that, but like a religion, I think for the majority of religious people, so that like the followers of the religion, I, I think is something that they do or something that they follow because they believe in their hearts that it's, it's going to help them be better people or build a better world. I, I think that's true for a lot of religious people, not necessarily religious organizations, but religious people. Whereas like when your entire ethos and, and purpose for existence is built around making more and more money um, to the point where it doesn't even matter how much you make anymore because you just, you, you have more than, than you need and you have more than you can use. Then I don't really like, I don't, I don't feel like that's coming from any, any place of wanting to better the world. Like, like, I feel like that's very, I don't know, like, like it's been, it's been very detrimental to our like social fabric and, and things like that. And, and um, I just don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe, maybe it's just selfish of me, but, or, or, um, you know, self-serving, but I just, I, I don't care if I cost you money, if, if all you are is a business that exists to make money. So I think we all know who the communist punk rocker here yeah. is. <laughs> well, in the I'm, end, do they, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say in the end, do they actually even pay for it directly? Cause they're probably insured, right. For any kind of public yeah, damage probably. as well. So <laughs> just <Yeah>. saying, just <laughs> saying, <laughs> <laughs> And insurance already... companies are all crooked too, right? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they probably have like a running cost of depreciation around their building and everything, like over whatever number of years, you know, that they calculate too. So, but in what the I end, think... it's still also gray. But yeah. yeah. I think what would be, what would, and maybe this is where the paradigm shift needs to happen. Um, and maybe we should, I think we were going to talk about this on a more involved episode with, uh, with Leo Vals and what he's, been up to and, yeah. and doing and stuff Want to bring that is, up, yeah. yeah super interesting because and i think a lot of other skaters in one way shape or form are doing it um i remember talking to a toronto local ariel stagney who og again uh in in toronto and in canada you know skate scene and there's been some dialogue i think with the city to sort of i don't want to misrepresent or i'm just trying to remember exactly what he was telling me about what we were talking about, but I think 
it had to do with use of certain spaces uh, in the city that we that skaters could skate. I think on a go forward basis, if all cities were to pass certain bylaws, for example, which would make public spaces, regardless of whether they were private or public, again, there might be a ton of hoops, you know, legally or whatever to jump through. But let's say for sake of argument that everyone agreed that this was a good way of handling things. Yeah, maybe in an ideal world, we could have that without having to, you know, to look over your shoulder and say, hey, this is, you know, but by merely labeling it as private property, you know, you can't skate here. And contrasting it with a situation where people view it as a space where you could use it for artistic expression or culture or creativity right. and you know and it's a it's again it's a big shift in how we view and use these types of spaces open spaces city spaces um, because i think to what we were talking about earlier there's something to be said about how we all use and interact and live together in this in this you know in in a, you know, focusing on cities but i guess it applies to suburban environments to, to maybe a lesser extent, but definitely in an yeah. urban center. It does, it does feel like the most sort of promising approach, right? In terms of coexisting peacefully and fostering, um, you know, some kind of engagement with the environment. I, like, I do worry a little bit that in that kind of situation when it's, you know, relegated to certain spaces or something like that, then you lose a little bit of the fluidity or spontaneity of of creation right oh, but for sure yeah I, um but but it's a it's a whole lot better than just like building a park and shoving everyone there mm-hmm. you know so and again know. the ideal would be not just certain spaces we're talking about the whole city as a right right, for, right. <laughs> so that's, our, that's our homework now right for each of our cities that we're living in right now <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. we're gonna go and change it lobby you know what's you know what's funny so I live, I live in a town of like 7,500 people. And uh, like, we literally have, like our downtown is one intersection and uh, there's a no light? skateboarding sign. It's like, there's, there's <laughs> literally nothing here. Like if you're skating here, you're, it's transportation. Like you're skating through, you know, and there's a no skateboarding sign. But Are we, are we going to see that sign in your, on your wall hanging the next time we do this yeah. <laughs> podcast? <laughs> i don't know if this town's yeah. so small i don't know if i could get away with it it's a bit of a tangent but just when you mentioned that you know i think maybe it was there because potentially something happened and it's always like you know just that one case sort of ruining yeah. it for everything and everybody i'm not gonna hate but maybe it was a long border pushing along ignoring <laughs> traffic lights you know it definitely was they're gonna say no no, no one would know because there's so little traffic <laughs> <laughs> but no I, like honestly this this is what i imagine i i don't know because i've only lived here for a few years now um but what i imagine is kind of in like the you know the early 2000s when skateboarding got huge and spread to like the the smaller communities and things like that more what I imagine was there was just like a shit ton of, of teenagers who started skateboarding in this town all at the same time. And, they did and like everybody was tours. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, we don't want this. And, and then they were like, no skateboarding. And then in like two years, all those people quit skating anyway. So, but the signs remain like, yeah, exactly. That, that's what I imagine. Did the but, sign look old or did it look, it was, yeah, no, it, it's, well, I don't know. It's like, yeah it, it, it's not Antique. too worn but yeah <laughs> but 
but it's been up for a while. It'd be a nice addition to that blank wall. I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. There. There's a parking lot. This is again, unrelated, but there's a parking lot in our town that has, uh, um, you know how like there'll be parking spaces in a city and it'll say like limit 30 minutes or limit two hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. We literally have a, a parking lot with a sign up that says limit 18 hours. <laughs> why not 24? Why not 48? What, what why is there a limit? Like if, if parking track, is that right? small of a concern. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, Ridiculous. you can't skateboard but, and you can't park yeah. for more than 18 hours. Yes, kind of. Yeah. How many people? 7,000 people? So yeah, 7,500, something like that. Maybe three skateboards. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely two, right? You and the other guy that you saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty generous then. You have a park for two skaters? That's Yeah, seriously. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like I, I feel like it must have been a thing at one point, right? Like, if they built yeah. a park in town, it, there must have been some kind of demand. I, I just want to mention right. something about no, no skateboarding signs. I passed by this place yesterday. It looked really good. I was checking it out, and then I saw the no skateboarding sign. But they were polite enough to say the other things you're not allowed to do. Like, don't dig <laughs> up the plants. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. keep oh, keep it <laughs> no throwing away garbage you know <laughs> so pretty, but they i love how skateboarding, skateboarding though right like, so. <laughs> but they definitely made that sign for skateboarding <laughs> yeah 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 i just i like how it's on par with like stealing the plants in the garden yeah but. yeah <laughs> so the takeaway for the spread of skate parks is the are we are we like, i we, think we the consensus stuff right yeah <laughs> I think the consensus is that we should all avoid parks and skate every private property, (laughs) privately owned place we can find. Skate and destroy? (laughs) Is that, is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unless of course you're Olympic bound. Right. I know we touched on it a few episodes or touched on it a few episodes ago, but Olympic training facilities, it sounds like, you know, parents are driving their kids to skate parks. And you, you train there until the Olympics, then you skate the Olympics and then you go, skate street again and i think yeah. that's the the model oh 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 oh! one more thing personal pet peeve sorry sawyer <laughs> yeah no go for it i don't I'm think ready. you really need to film at parks <laughs> really really that's all i got though <laughs> <laughs> so I, like are we talking about at all so i understand maybe for like bowl skaters and whatever the park is probably the only place you can film but if you're doing a ledge trick i i don't think it should be footage for a part for example if you're skating at a skate park so okay fair enough there's a difference though between using it for a part versus filming yeah okay so like for home like the homie film the homie cam the homie cam but then one more thing, one more thing that gets me is sometimes, all right, I want to get this Instagram clip of skating through the park, you know, and then they become that top dog type of thing. Right, right. They become the priority to film a clip and you're, you're there once a week or maybe once every two weeks to skate for two hours and then you just have to watch somebody film their trick. Right, right. <laughs> I, I know I'm sounding like a dick, but <laughs> come on. No, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I was like, I was um, watching a, I can't, I don't remember what video it was, but I was watching some video and there was like a mix of, of street and park footage. And I was actually like, at the time I was thinking about it and I was like, this is actually kind of sick. Like there's no like pretension, you know, it's just like skateboarding to skateboarding, 
happens here. It happens there. It's all good. But now after our conversation about how, you know, skate parks can be a, a trap, then not filming and not, not, you know, it's almost like uh, protecting the street skating culture or whatever, you know, like you're, you're holding it, you're holding the street skating above the park, which is, you know, I like to be very egalitarian and, and equitable and not make that kind of <laughs> hierarchical distinction. But um, at the same time, street skating is just way ratter than park skating. So. Yeah. I think when you put it know. side by side, for sure, <laughs> but am I against all park footy? Hell no. I think park footy there, there's, there's great footage that comes out of parks. Right. And, and I think part of the new, like it's the day and age we live in. Right. I, I think any, anything, put it this way, anything in excess, or if you do too much of it, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't think a session should be devoted to getting an Instagram clip and someone dominating or monopolizing, you know, all the obstacles or, you know, making it so that other people can't skate. But the flip side of it is, I mean, they pay taxes too, right? So there's, there's, um, there should be a, there should be the ability to do it, I guess, if there's, if you're not impeding or, you know, adversely affecting, yeah, yeah. you know, other, I, other people, but. Well, yeah, I think say, the key yeah. is like all the, all the rules still apply, right? Like you, you want to film your part, that's fine, but you might have to wait 10 minutes between tries because yeah. everybody else is skating. Yeah. But, um, and if you talk about paying taxes, then maybe I'll ask them like how much taxes they're paying and then we can compare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you get more access, right? <laughs> yeah. True. So I'll stop sending my park footy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I think I think for like fun and just you know sharing and everything that's cool. And if you're on your own and filming, then sure, why not, right? But just the whole like prioritizing your filming part over other people's you know tries and right. I think that's just it. Yeah, right. Like exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where where like where do you draw again? Where do you draw the line? Or what? Yeah. How much is too much? There's a time yeah. and place. Let's just say it like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's a yeah. big departure from no filming at parks whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, whoa, shots fired yeah, yeah. from across the ocean. True, true. But it, it was yeah. good. I like it. I like it. In the end, though, so this was my issue when like skating for the skate parts that I made while in Switzerland. Basically said, I don't want any, you know, skate park trick in my parts. Mm -hmm. Definitely had a few. But the excuse was, it looks street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, weren't there weren't there DIY spots? I know we, we didn't really talk about DIY spots, but is it that kind of sort of not yeah. the best of both worlds? But it's skater true, created, true. Maybe right, locals right. only. But there's there's that there's that grungy, you know. There's that usually it's a foundation spot or something, right? So yeah. it's it's less of a metal ramp, you know. Yeah, yeah. Prefab or I don't, right. like a. Even it looks more raw than a plaza. You know, like, well, you know, I think just... like going back to like the interaction with the environment, right? Like if, if it's a, if it's a DIY spot, it's something that someone has seen an opportunity in their environment and responded to it versus something that's been built for them. And then they've been told to go there. Maybe it's like more of a conceptual difference than a, like an actual difference or a physical difference. But I, I think it's important still. So it's not right. so much about the park itself, but how the park is used, right? Or how we, how, how one yeah, decides yeah. to use the park. Yeah. Or, or even like, 
again, like, like you were talking about foundation spots and, and like ditches and stuff like that, where it's people claiming space and putting something there for themselves versus a city building a park and being like, okay, we've given you the, mm-hmm. the, the facility. Now that is where you go. Right. But there is this thing in property law called adverse called adverse possession, meaning that if you live on this piece of land for 25 years, I think, and you, it goes uninterrupted, like straight, then it's yours type of thing. So oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's a, maybe we should set up a, <laughs> stake our claim make yeah. a diy spot but it's 25 years eh? I, a, I think so that's a long yeah. haul maybe yeah. disclaimer this is not legal advice go, go get your own <laughs> lawyer <laughs> build your diy once you start skateboarding yeah, yeah. you start skateboarding it might be years <laughs> yeah. later though. yeah we yeah. would have been we listen yeah. we we would have owned maybe we would have been like you you know property moguls <laughs> like <laughs> real estate moguls the tricky yeah. part, though, it's got to be uninterrupted use of right. the space, I guess. So it's like right. as, as soon as someone says, hey, wait a minute, uh, what are you guys doing? It's like, uh, un- yeah, that goes out the window. But yeah. so ro- robot's triangle doesn't count then. No, <laughs> no. Imagine, eh? You can stake, <laughs> stake your claim to robot's triangle. Maybe. <laughs> that spot that we did skate, though, John, the DIY spot, it's yeah, done now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, at least we skated it once. I'm grateful to the, the locals who put in the, the sweat and the, the effort to yeah. build that for me to skate because <laughs> I, I know we're moving on to, to other things right now we've got we're going to wrap up but just in terms of like jumping way back to question number one unwritten rules the the locals only thing i think that's that's got to go to like to a, to a certain degree anyway that idea that i don't know just like you have some kind of right to a to a space or or a park or whatever because mm you happen to live there. You know what I mean? I think there's a I don't know. yes and no from my end in the sense that you should respect the locals and sort of, I wouldn't say ask for permission, just but be like, oh, can I skate here? Yeah, too? Yeah. Kind of, yeah I, that is asking for permission, but there's a nice no, yeah. friendly way to go about it, right? Just don't go in right. there and be like, I own this place when other people yeah, make absolutely. a lot of yeah. sweat, tears and whatever money yeah. into it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's about relative contribution, like how much you time and effort like that, that you, yeah. whether it's financial or whether it's support. And I guess you could challenge or how do you define support? Right. But mm-hmm. a lot of times for those DIY spots, it's literally buying bags of cement. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there, there, there's a cost to making it. So I, I can yeah. understand why they, you know, they don't want some other kooky. I think like, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I think to a certain degree, you have to be like, you have to make that contribution knowing that it's not just for you. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're building a space, like, like, like kind of the same as like the, the private property thing, if you're building a space that you know is accessible to other people mm-hmm. and you know is, is desirable to other people, then that's kind of part of it. You have to accept that to me. And I, I do agree, like, I'm thinking of that DIY spot. Like, I skated it once for, like, that afternoon with you. And and uh, I didn't do anything for anybody. I just went there and skated. And, um, you know, I, like, if that was a spot that I frequented, then I would probably feel like an obligation to contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I don't think, uh, I think it's wrong to treat it as this, like, closed off thing. Because then you're, 
Uh, it's, it's the same as the private property to me. Like you're creating something, you're putting it out there in the public and then you're, you're trying to deny people access for one reason or the other. So we're going to yeah. abolish all ownership, <laughs> property ownership. Yeah. Yeah. You don't that's, own that's any property. <laughs> you own your home. Everything else is fair game. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I have, uh, I've gone on quite a few uh, tangents tonight. So I'm going to just direct us back to the agenda and get to our weekly stove. So what are some of the things that you guys have, have seen or, or read or done over the last week that you guys are, are hyped on? Besides work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're especially hyped on something that happened at work. All right, I'll go. One thing that I already shared with you guys, though, that I was pretty hyped on was the Declan Magenta guest board plus the film trucks interview. Right, right. So I, I think just getting a lot of coverage from his end, I was pretty hyped on that and just getting that perspective on like European trucks was a refreshing thing. Um, something more close to Canada though, I've noticed a resurgence of Travis Stenger footage oh, yeah? on Instagram. Yeah. Damn, I got to check that out. Super hyped. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites of, yeah, for sure. For real. I mean, yeah, when yeah. I saw his part in the Green Apple video, it was just, yeah, yeah. I always wanted more, but more never came out so comfortable uh, so talented weird. so damn good looking tricks like yeah. man even Crazy to this day board. right yeah 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 the, the coolest thing i saw was uh him like switching switch flipping over a bench and also doing 180 switch flip over it and kids these days they're like wow who's a skater you know yeah yeah and the replies were yeah this is from 20 something years ago and they're like, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah was that uh, Modern Love? Was that the video? I forget the title. Was that what it was called? Green Apple Modern Love? In that video, in, in Modern Love, um, it was Mike McCourt. Mike McCourt's part is so sick. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the style, just pure style. But, uh, but yeah, Stanger for sure is, is like, not only was he so good and like so stylish, but he was on par with like the big pros of the time. You know, so like, uh, yeah. like I saw that part and I was like, how is this guy not like, uh, or, or maybe even better? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that and, it's a competition, but yeah, no, but, but like he had everything, like he had mm. the tricks, he had the style. He seemed like the guy that was going to be like, I don't know, like a, the next Mark Appleyard kind of thing, you know, like the next guy from Canada to, to go mm -hmm. down mm. and like make it big and, uh, just never seemed to happen. Maybe that's what makes it even better, though, that he disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I have two. Uh, I'm going to try and be quick. So the first is another video one. I, I randomly came across the, the video cover version by Blips. And <laughs> I think that's right. It's, uh, it was posted by Free Skate Mag. I'll just read the little blurb. It's uh, cover version is an independent London-based video by Dan McGee and Kevin Perrow uh, featuring... Harry Lintel, uh, Corin Gale, Manny Lopez, Charlie Monroe, Carlos Cardenosa. Oh, I'm going to say names wrong here. Uh, Jack Petriga, Zach Riley, Sam Murgatroyd, and Connor Charlson. So the, the video itself is sick. Like it's, it's just like a rad London video from maybe a year ago or so. But in, in particular, Charlie Monroe, uh, Charlie Monroe has the, the opening part and it's just sick. And he wears his beanies so well. And like, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's so good to watch. Um, he's just got an awesome part. He skates like he, he looks good on a skateboard. 
and everything he does looks good. So that, that was one of them. And the other one is straight fit pants. I'm slowly, slowly <laughs> getting baggier. And, uh, I have, I, I got a pair of the Vans straight chinos and they're a little too big. They're a little too relaxed, but, but a good pair of straight fit pants. I feel like I can actually move around and, uh, I'm excited to try skating them this spring. Looking forward to the street footage of that. (laughs) (laughs) Am I up? Yeah, you're up. Weekly stoke. Uh, This one's easy. Brandon Westgate, New Balance. I don't know if you guys checked out the part. I did. It It is. It's awesome. His uh, 508 New Balance part. I think it's less than three minutes, I believe. And man, Westgate delivers again. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say. He kind of, there was a comment I saw, I think on maybe one of the Instagram posts or something where it's kind of like, oh, he kind of disappears for a bit and then comes in, does his thing, goes away, but he definitely leaves his mark. And I'm there thinking, yeah, like, man, people always have their jaws drop so hard when they look at all the bangers. And it's just, I get the same feeling when I'm watching Booznitz, fast paced, uh, stylish, you know, city skating. And he skates everything. He's not the tallest guy by any means, but really some giant Huge pop. Yeah. And pop, yeah, it's just, wow. His, his parts are, are awesome. So I had to watch that a few times. Just amazing. So thank you, Brandon Westgate for another (laughs) awesome (laughs) part. It's really, really enjoyable. He really floats, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you think gravity doesn't, apply to him the same way it does to us <laughs> yeah yeah or sorry to myself i, I don't want yeah, no, I, 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 I to speak for you guys <laughs> I, I i'm in there with you yeah just stylish too and he mm. skates really fast has like one of the best kickflip tray flips like his, his flick and everything yeah so yeah, yeah. sk- skating fast helps or <laughs> yeah yeah i will uh i will try to emulate <laughs> i have to say though the latest uh picture you shared with us you can see the speed and everything with your free yeah, yeah. air. very very stylish backsmith. yeah oh yeah. i was tr- yeah thank you no i was trying to uh, uh westgate has a backsmith in his in his part too <laughs> this is actual backsmith My, mine's not comparable mine's on a curb that's but, still street yeah <laughs> yeah no park footy right <laughs> yeah and, and and also john your your setup picture oh yeah yeah that had me up too i was thinking wow Dude. I definitely want to skate that setup. So, <laughs> I, oh, I can't wait! I'm so hyped. I bought a set of aces, and so I'm so I'm super excited. But I, I was like, I, I've been like a squirrel, like gathering things for the winter. I guess in reverse because I've been gathering things for the spring over the winter. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I've just been like getting all this stuff together, and then I I I didn't have new trucks. I was just gonna skate my old indies, and I thought, you know what, like. I don't think I've had a new complete in over 20 years when you skate, like you don't just burn out a complete all at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to treat myself to a, to a set of trucks and set up a new complete for the spring. Trucks did look really nice. Made me kind yeah, of want to yeah. get aces as well. <laughs> uh Oh, uh Oh, just kidding. Underscore <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh one, one more thing sorry about that setup can we get a like a stencil template of that list 
I want, I want to, yeah, I want to put sure. that on my board too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> when I did it, I, I did it freehand. So I, like I put tape down wow, across okay. the whole, the whole board. Yeah. And then I just, I, I used a marker to do it. And then I used an exacto to carve out the letters, but yeah, I can make a digital one and then we can, we can use it to not spray paint private property. <laughs> oh, only if it's owned by corporations. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> is this where I thank everybody? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to our, our loyal listeners. It's exciting. It's fun. It's fun to get the, to just get a chance to hang out with you guys every week or every other week. It's fun to think that, you know, some of the shit that we've been talking about for 20 years kind of resonates with other people too it's kind of neat thank you uh thank you to those of you who have listened through thank you to to you guys for spending another thursday night with me and uh yeah i'm looking forward to more and i'm looking forward to the warm weather and actually getting some skate clips again skateboarding henry jones (laughs) peace out everyone laters